Hello and welcome back to The Beginner's Guide to Photography with me, Dan Locke. Now, this is part two of our guide on how to grow on Instagram as a photographer. In the last episode, we talked about the technical aspects of growing an online presence or how to grow your audience on Instagram as a photographer. So I do encourage you to go back and listen to part one before listening to this part two if you haven't done already. Now I must put a disclaimer out again, I am at another park. I'm right on the beachfront on the Isle of Wight, on my hometown. So you might hear the occasional seagull or pigeon or child screaming in the background. (laughs) So without further ado, we're gonna start part two of our guide on how to grow on Instagram as a photographer. Now, in this week's episode, we're talking all about aesthetics. So I thought I'd break this whole growing on Instagram down into four parts. So the first part already we talked about is technical, and today we're talking about the aesthetics, the looks of your Instagram account, and more specifically, the grid, which I'm sure you've all heard of. Now, why is this important? Well, as a photographer or a creative or someone who just wants their work to really stand out amongst the crowd, I believe that having a really decent, aesthetically pleasing grid really does make a difference, a huge, huge impact. Now, you can look at people who really take pride in what their grid looks like. You've got the works of Peter McKinnon, You've got um, this guy in the UK called With Luke. That's his Instagram handle. And uh, there's a lot. There's tons and tons. There's a, even an aerial photography uh, company called Salty Wings in Australia. They pride themselves on having a really great, aesthetically pleasing grid. And as a consumer or as a follower, when you look at these grids, you know exactly what you're going to get. And that is what you need to take in consideration. When you're posting your own content, um, you want to make sure that your viewer knows exactly what they're going to get when they sign up to you. Because if they look at your grid, your all of your collective posts together, and they see sort of mix-matched mix, <laughs> mix of posts with different colors, different themes, and different types of shots as a photographer, you're probably not going to get followed. Your, your, the, your audience aren't going to click follow as quick as if, if your grid was aesthetically pleasing, if everything, if everything linked together, if everything looked like it was from you know, the same collection of photos. And I would, I would encourage you now to have a look at some of your favorite photographers and see their grid and see what it looks like. You know, have a look at Peter McKinnon. He's a prime example. He uses a lot of different colors um, and they all work together. He's got another account called um, Pete's Pirate Life. And, you know, all the posts look very similar. They look like they belong. And that is something that I think you should be thinking about as a up and coming photographer that you want to use Instagram to, you know, show your portfolio of your body of work, your best work. And I think if it's not shown, Um, properly then it might get overlooked and you don't want that I know sometimes when I (laughs) talk about this sort of thing where everything needs to sort of look the same um you might not you might be a photographer that your work doesn't look the same you know a lot of street photography 
all looks different, doesn't it? And I'm sure that the argument is there that, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, your work isn't supposed to look all the same. And that is absolutely fine. But just a little, this is sort of like a, a bit of a guide. This isn't like a, you need to make sure it looks like this. But I know from experience and I know from looking at other people's work that having a grid where all your posts look very similar really does make a difference. It makes it look like it flows and they all belong. They all have a purpose. They know each post deserves to be there. Now, one thing that I've started to do in the past couple of months is I've been not only posting every day, but I've been really curating what I post. And I did touch on this in the previous episode, but just to really shine some light on it today is what I've been doing is thinking about when I'm posting and more specifically, what time of year. So for example, right now it is summer 2021 and my posts have been, if you look, (laughs) depending on when you're listening to this, my post, well, my, my grid looks um it sort of uh, mirrors what season we're in so right now it's summer i'm posting more uh, sunsets nice orange warm feeling photos and i'm also posting bright blue photos because obviously i live right next to the ocean and the sea seaside and so i'm genuinely taking more photos of the sea and the landscapes of of the isle of wight so i what i tend to do is create a checkerboard effect on my grid which is which for me in my opinion really looks quite good um so like i'll post like one like say monday i'll post a photo which the colors are predominantly blue light blue with maybe a main feature you know maybe i'm holding something up in the in the center of the photo and then the next day i will post a sunset photo and then the next day i'll post another blue photo or you know something like that with cool colors uh, i mean cool as in uh, the temperature <laughs> and then the next day it'll be warm colors um and you know after posting about 9 to 12 photos your grid will start to look quite aesthetically pleasing providing all those sort of colors flow together now of course there are a lot of other photographers that predominantly post photos of the same color palette and that works as well um what um you tend to see as well is what i will be doing as as we go into sort of autumn is my color palette of my instagram will slightly change to maybe moody earthy tones sort of bring in those greens as uh things get more autumnal it'll be going from green to maybe orange leafy um type thing and then obviously christmas will be rolling around so things i'll probably start posting maybe more um festive posts like whites and uh greens and reds to to you know evoke that Christmassy feel who knows you know who knows what you know what uh, type of editing that I'll I'll be using in the future but you you kind of get the idea that uh, you that is a route that you could take and that's something that I'm trialing at the moment and so far I'm not running out of ideas for posting types of photos it's not like I'm like oh I'm not scrabbling thinking oh I don't know what to post what looks summery because we are in that season and anything nowadays that I take photos of you know depending on the time of day etc can look summery especially when I from for you know for example I live on a seaside in a seaside town so getting summery photos is definitely not a challenge for me 
The other thing you want to take in consideration is, uh, again, I think I touched on this before, is what type of photographer are you? Really just like think about your style as a photographer. What do you post? You know, I've already said I post a lot of landscape photos. I, I post a lot of photos of products or of a subject. Um, so it really does depend on what you do, what you take photos of and, and identify yourself. What do you, how do you identify as a photographer? How can people pick you out? And how can people sort of look at a, a piece of work that's unnamed and think, I know who took that photo? You know, for example, you could look at a picture of uh, Banff uh, in, you know, a picture in Canada, um, you know, some turquoise lakes and, you know, these white mountains. And sometimes you can look at it and go, I bet that's Peter McKinnon's work. You know, there's certain tones, there's certain moods and, and, you know, the way they edit photos. That's something you want to consider when it comes to you posting up your work. Does one photo... What does the previous photo you posted look like it's from the same pack of photos, the same sort of, you know, catalogue of photos as that you're about to post? That sort of thing. That's what you want to start thinking about. And uh, moving on to that whole aesthetic thing is also as a beginner photographer, you probably want to download and subscribe to Adobe's Lightroom uh, that is available, I'm sure, on Windows, but definitely on Macs as well. That's what I use. You can. This is not, by no means a product placement or a ad, but you can go to Adobe's website and they've got a photography plan, which gives you the use of a uh, full use of Photoshop and Lightroom for about ten pounds a month. Very useful. I use it obviously every single day, and that is. What I'm about to discuss is if you are editing in Lightroom, then I'm sure you have heard of presets. For those of you that don't know what presets are, presets are very similar to what we use on our phones on things like Instagram and like filters, basically. You can, you, everybody knows what a filter is um, and presets are very similar to that. So very quickly and brief, when you are editing your photos on Lightroom, um, you have all these sliders and uh, options that you can change, all these settings that you can change on the side to edit your photos. And a preset is basically a combination of all of those settings um, set at a particular, you know, all the specific setting to give a certain look to a photo that you can copy and then paste into another photo, you know, and it's and you can save your own presets or you can buy other people's presets for example like i've already mentioned peter mckinnon has you know sells his own presets this guy with luke that i mentioned earlier has his own preset pack you can just basically buy you download them onto your computer and that just allows you to do a one touch click on in lightroom and you can then change your raw image and make it look and feel, look and feel the the way that their photos um, look as well. And obviously, because they're using different cameras and different lenses to you, then it's not going to give you their exact um, their exact settings. So you will obviously have to. And I encourage you, if you do use presets, you will probably have to adjust the, your your settings on your photo 
uh, when you when it comes to developing the photo because it, sometimes it's not just a one click and then you put their you you put their preset on your photo and sometimes it doesn't work like that it looks like garbage so sometimes you are going to have to use you know go in and just touch up a few things move a few sliders to make it look exactly how you want it of course i do encourage you to edit your own photos in and find your own style of editing as well that really really does does help um especially when you're trying to establish your own look um and again what i'm talking about in terms of presets is and and in terms of instagram is yes using uh, presets is absolutely fine um but the other thing is you don't want to get carried away with downloading loads and loads and loads of different um presets or using you know different using your own different presets or way of editing and then upload the, each different photo onto instagram because it can look very very strange it might look like you've taken all your photos with different cameras in each photo so uh, a, a bit of advice if you're trying to create a color palette if you're trying to create a grid of photos a collection of photos that all look similar might i suggest maybe using one to three different presets um, and keep it a very small number so that all your photos do look similar all the colors look similar um, you know for example if you're taking a picture of a tree in in picture one and the leaves are bright green and then you take a, another picture um, in the same sort of grid and the picture of the, the, the leaves, the colour of the leaves are completely orange or yellow, it's not going to flow very well, is it? Whereas if those, if in both pictures the, the leaves were the similar shade of green, and it would flow nicely it would look like you know those photos were t taken around the same time of year which i think is really important when people are looking at your work okay so we talked about the grid and we talked about you know using that checkerboard effect could work um so far it's working for me next i want to talk about i want to talk about instagram and how they when you upload to instagram so we're talking about looks now it's important to know that instagram use a five by four crop when it comes to uploading so that's the max you can use and that will obviously take up more um, surface area um, on your feed or on the feed where people are scrolling through they're going to see a big picture if it's in portrait now if you um if you upload a landscape uh photo then you're not going to be able to utilize that five by four dimension and so obviously people are the the photo that people are going to see will be well won't be as big and fill the screen so it's i don't know if that will change in the future but i remember when instagram just was squares now you can upload landscape and portrait so if you are wanting to upload a landscape photo might i suggest using a app which can then change your your landscape into a panoramic type photo, but it's cut into two to three um, separate pose, uh, photos. It's hard to explain. It's basically like a carousel. You can upload a landscape photo and it, it cuts it up into two photos so that then you can upload two multiple pictures and they stitch together when you scroll through or when the your viewer scrolls through there's an app that i use and that is called grid post 
again not sponsored or anything it's a free app that i use and it's called grid post and what i do is i just upload to grid post my landscape photo like i said and it just chops it up into two separate photos that stitch well together and you can upload and it looks seamless okay and also what you can do is upload multiple images into that one carousel which brings me to my next point and it's something you want to think about is having a carousel and that is that basically means having uploading multiple images in one post and instagram at the moment will let you have up to 10 images now why is this important well i'm in two minds about this again sometimes you just want to take one photo and upload one photo and have that post and that's absolutely fine having a carousel of a you know between one and ten photos really does lend itself to you because instagram they are becoming so intelligent like it's ridiculous uh, they will know when someone is scrolling through a carousel of your photos and when they do it it it's sort of like their their AI bots will count how many seconds a viewer is looking through your carousel. And if people, the, the longer that people spend swiping through your carousel of photos on your post, the more that Instagram will deem it interesting and then they will boost it in the algorithm and uh, show it to more eyes, which is what we want at the end of the day. The reason why I'm in two minds is because sometimes you know when you go out and if you're taking just you want to get that one bucket shot that's all that matters and sometimes you know that's all you want to post is one photo that's absolutely fine all i'm saying is if you had a carousel you know instagram prefer it and that's how they you know put they gauge like how long someone is on your post and they boost it into the the algorithm um, another thing why I would use carousel is obviously you want to have your primary post as the first photo, but maybe you want to take other photos and put them in your carousel just to sort of um, tell a story of the day. Maybe you went out to, to climb the top of a mountain and your first photo is you know your favorite main photo of the day, but in the carousel you might want to take photos of you know who you went with. Um, on the journey, like whilst you're on the journey, what snacks you had, little, you know, take a little break and take a photo of bits and bobs, how you got there, and then maybe at the end, um, and you know, when you reach the top, things like that. Maybe tell a story in your carousel. That might, I know for a fact that story is king, and story is what a lot of people are attracted to, and they want to know more about. So that's carousels. And we've also talked about landscape and portrait. This is another thing, just quickly, what I forgot to say is, obviously, Instagram upload your photos, your portrait photos, and they they crop to a 5 by 4 image. What I tend to do now is, in Lightroom, is I crop my images to a 5 by 4 crop anyway, so I don't have to re-crop in Instagram. So I do that on in Lightroom, so it just saves hassle, and it allows me to really you know carefully crop my images and make sure I don't forget anything when it comes to uploading um so, and the other thing as well with when you upload to Instagram is that you they it goes through like a their own Instagram filter and of course when Instagram uploads your photo to your your profile your account 
that you will lose a little bit of quality. And you can test that out by zooming in on any of your photos. You'll see it just starts to pixelate and it just looks a bit naff. So just bear that in mind that when you do upload to Instagram, the quality will start to go. Still try and upload, or sorry, ex export your photos at a very high quality, just, uh, just to be absolutely sure. Okay, um, next I wanna talk about is consistency. Something, again, we touched on in the previous episode. You want to be absolutely consistent when it comes to posting your photos. And what I mean by that is, say, for example, you are a photographer and you're not really sure what type of photos you take. Maybe you haven't decided what your style is. Maybe you haven't decided what niche that you are going for. Maybe you want to do wedding photo photography, but maybe you want to do landscapes. You haven't decided what I would suggest, and I think I touched on this before, is that you want to be absolutely clear to your viewer, whoever lands on your page, they know exactly what you're about, what photos you take, what your style is. Um, and what they also don't want to see is per your personal life, really. Unless it's maybe in stories where it's sort of tucked away and that's where your super fans will go. And we'll talk on that in future episodes, what a super fan is or a super follower. Um, but yeah, in your main grid, your main posts on your photography Instagram account, you don't want to have personal images of like your a wedding that you went to of your mates or you don't want to upload like any holiday photos of, you know, selfies and things like that. You want to keep it very, very professional. I think that's very key when having a business account, a photography business account. It's very, very important. Of course, if you want to have a personal account, feel free to have your own personal account and just put all of your photos of your personal life there. But when it comes to your photography page, that is when you're trying to sell your photography as a business. Put your best foot forward and show people what you're about. An example of, you know, again, how not to post and i've seen this so many times i won't call anybody out i won't say any names but some people post more than five times a day and each photo just doesn't look like it was from the same collection that they've previously posted it just doesn't the colors don't add up the time of day the, the subjects like some people take photos of like parties and some people and, and then of course then the next thing they take a photo of like the dinner they've had and they take a bird's eye picture of their plate and then the next photo is them in the sea and then they take a landscape photo and then they take a picture of someone walking down the beachfront and then they take a photo of a hot air balloon and it just doesn't all add up at all for me personally i like i like to know if i'm going to follow someone especially a, another creator when I follow someone, I want to already know what to expect from this person. And each time I expect them to post, I expect them to post something that I would assume is, is well, what I, <laughs> is very confusing, but I, when I subscribe to someone, I basically know what I'm gonna get with them, okay? And I want to see them get better with, with time and experience and, and that is what I'm signing up for. I'm signing up for watching someone progress and sometimes I want to sign up to people that give me value. Sometimes it's I want 
to I really like the the style of someone's uh, photography or whatever it may be and that is why I sign up for things like I said if I see a feed of someone's grid and they're all different photos I am less likely to um, follow that person just because I don't know what they're going to post next and I probably I'm thinking to myself is it going to align with my values is it going to be something that I'm interested in so that is something that you are going to want to think about when it comes to you posting your work post um, things that you think that if, if it appeals to you I'm sure it's going to appeal to other people but make sure you've got a theme make sure you've got style a style make sure you've got the, the a good color palette and make sure that your work isn't completely different to the next thing you're going to post you know make sure it flows and it, like i said if it's my it, my opinion right now is that obviously it needs to flow i'm sure a lot of other people are thinking that exact same thing and the last and final thing i want to talk about when it comes to aesthetics is well two things it's mainly um, how things look in terms of text so when we're using stories um, now instagram will allow you to have different fonts when it comes to using stories so that's where you can post you know you're behind the scenes of doing a photo shoot or maybe you want to sh- uh, share a, a few slides of your personal life and what you're doing just to so to let people in to know who you are which is great and sometimes you want to use text and that's fine try and use the same font in text all the time i know that sounds strange and it's a little detail but when you see someone that uses different text it's like it's graphic design 101 it's like sometimes you know when you look at a when you look at a logo of a brand that you've seen for you know well established brand like Marks and Spencer's, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, uh, Nike, Adidas. A lot of the time when you look at their logo, you don't even read their logo anymore because you know just from looking at it, your brain is already pre-programmed to know exactly what that is. And it's the same sort of thing when you, when you use fonts. Sometimes you can look at a body of writing and just from the font, you know that it's, you know, example. It's, it's that person's work. Um, we, you know, it's when, let me think of a, an example of, of writing. It, it's like when, like Apple, for example, when they use a specific um, font, uh, a font on their products, on, you know, you know exactly, you know, it's, it's, you, you know, it's Apple and you know exactly the, 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 the quality that you're going to get. And that is a, <laughs> a very, very elaborate, um, you know, elaborate uh, discussion about, you know, using the same font on Instagram. <laughs> Just try and stick to a font and, uh, you know, have a theme, have a style, have consistency. And the other thing, uh, talking about text, is captions when it comes to posts. So try and not to be absolutely rigid with your captions you don't always have to post things like questions to try and get more comments you don't have to post um, titles of photos sometimes you do maybe that's your thing that's great come up with a title for every photo it's a it's a cool little creative um, thing for yourself to do Um, but you know just keep it loose Um, change it all the time sometimes add a question um, have just you know the location name or just what you're feeling or just type out 
and the story of how you got the post you know a lot of people tend to scroll through big essays on posts which is cool um but uh, if you aren't one of those people who likes to write lots of text and you just like to let the photos do the talking, that is also great too. Um, a word of advice and, and a tip for when it comes to writing posts is try not to just use hashtags. That's the worst thing. I, I, when I see a photo and I, like I want to read on about that photo and, and all I see in the, in, the, in the caption is hashtag this, hashtag that, hashtag, 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 and there's no writing about it. It's not, you know, it's not a great look. And, uh, you know, you can really use the caption space to your advantage and just to show off a little bit more, not show off, but to add a little bit more value to the photo and to the story as well. Because remember, a lot of your audience are going to be more interested in the backstory of your photo rather than just the image itself. So those are my little tips for the aesthetic side of things in when it comes to growing on Instagram. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I maybe have forgotten about and I'll bring light or shed light on those in future episodes. So that is part two of how to grow on Instagram as a photographer. Again, there a lot of those um, methods and tips you can apply to other business ideas, Instagram accounts or just personal Instagram accounts is completely up to you but uh, it works as a photographer. Now, part three is coming up and that is when we're gonna be talking about authenticity or being authentic, which I think is a very, very massive deal and probably the biggest, uh, the most important part of this whole growing on Instagram. And we're gonna talk about that in the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Of course, have a look in the show notes. You'll find links to my Instagram account. And you can have a look at, see what types of photos I've been up to or taking. And uh, you can also see my YouTube account, which is also um, helping beginner photographers on their journey to success. And of course, um, if you're listening to this way in the future, I will have my own website. And <laughs> look for that in the show notes. Uh, but until next time, you will i'll see you in part three and that is being authentic thank you again and i'll see you in the next one